It's kickoff day at Dead Center Film Festival. I'm here with Miss Alyssa Ford and this other person. Tony Marlowe. <laughs> I just like making you <laughs> I don't know. I just like making you feel special. I know you you get to introduce yourself. It is Princess Peach tonight. That's right. Because tonight is kind of a special kickoff night. What's going on? So tonight is the opening donor party, and it's a it's a costume theme. It's 80s characters. And who are you dressed as? I am dressed as Tron. So I've got a glow in the dark, light up suit going on right now. We we kind of figured out earlier on though that you kind of look like a technologically advanced thing one. Yes, that too, or a, a derby racer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then over and then over here we have Princess Peach. I am Princess Peach from Mario Brothers. Oh. Yes. So I have Mario with me, and I have Luigi, and I have my toadstool. And uh, we're he's actually your hubby, right? He is yeah. my hubby. He was forced to be here, which is having a great time after three drinks, but yes. uh, rocking the hammer pants also. <laughs> At first, I thought you were like Aladdin, and then I saw the mushroom head. Yeah. I go without this mushroom hat, and I was on the street rocking it. I'm definitely Aladdin. Definitely Aladdin. So, what are you guys most excited to see here at Dead Center? Oh man! Well, I, I, I uh, I'm excited to see the four films that I worked on. So I worked on Swirl, Oh Brother, Great Plains, and oh my God, Oh Heroes of the Realm. Uh, I'm excited to see Electric Nostalgia. Uh, literally, yes. I have an intense schedule, you guys, of like every single like my day is jam packed. Yes. So and you guys are all excited to see the Oki Show show live on Saturday at 6 o'clock, right? It's going to be awesome! It's going to be so great! Because we're going to be interviewing the people from Electric Nostalgia. They were there for episode 1 of the Oki Show show, and this is going to be episode 25 of the Oki Show show. How crazy is that? That is the one I'm the most excited to see. Yes. It's going to be lots of fun. Uh, so, if you want to come to the Oki Show show live for our first ever live show, it's going to be this Saturday at 6 o'clock at the District House, which is in the Plaza District. It's going to be from 6 to 7-ish, 7.30-ish. Everybody's going to be able to give audience suggestions, and we're going to be putting the cast and crew from Electric Nostalgia through the ringer, through all sorts of different games, and of course we're going to have Q&A with the audience and all that kind of stuff. So show up, come to Dead Center Film Festival. If you don't have a pass, find one. Life finds a way. Somehow, he'll just make it work, right, yeah, Alyssa? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Woo! So today, we are talking with Chris Freihofer, who is also, come to find out, a freaking Oklahoma icon. He's getting an Oklahoma Icon Award at Dead Center Film Festival this weekend. Today, we're talking to him. He's going to be kind of pulling back the veil of what it's like to be a casting director on a film, whether it be low budget or, like, full-on budget. <laughs> super, super insightful. He is the guy that you call. He's awesome, and he's hanging around Dead Center, so again, come to the film festival and you might see the guy. Congratulate him for making an Oklahoma Icon Award. But first and foremost, today's episode, this is episode 23 of the Yoki Show Show. Hello and welcome to the Oki Show Show, the podcast that dives into the finer details of navigating Oklahoma's film and music industries. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. And we are here with the casting director extraordinaire, Mr. Chris Freihofer. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. This is fun. And you've been the casting director on what, uh, give us some of your credits. 
Oh my gosh! Well, recently uh, this year we we've done uh, Hellraiser, Judgment. We did Children of the Corn, Runaway. Uh, I think the first film I worked on was called Return to Sender. Um, let's see, we've done August Osage County. We did Terrence Malick's To the Wonder. We did Rudderless. Oh, yeah. We did uh, uh, over the years. I don't know. We've done about fifty or sixty films. I think. Man, that's yeah. awesome. And you were mentioning something kind of earlier about there's a difference between a location casting director and a casting director for like the overall picture. Can you describe yeah. the difference there? Yeah, it depends on the film. Um, sometimes a film that's coming in from out of town will hire their location casting director or, or uh, hire their main casting director out of L.A., and that person will take care of all the, uh, you know, all the stars. And then when they're coming to town, they have the roles that they're not going to fly out, so they want to hire the local actors, so they'll hire a location casting director to oversee that process. Uh, sometimes I'll cast the entire film. Sometimes I'll cast you know, just a few roles or maybe 20 roles or so. It, it just depends. It really yeah. depends on the film. Like on Hellraiser and Children of the Corn, I did the whole thing. Um, on the next one I'm working on, I'm doing the whole thing. But then on August Osage County, I cast like three roles, you know. Right. That was, that was it. Meryl already came with the deal. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a bright future ahead of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself beyond casting director. Because first of all, if you guys have seen season five of Breaking Bad, yeah. this guy is in there. Uh, yeah. Or which was a surprise to me. I don't know about you. Friday but. Night Lights. Uh, just throwing that out there. My husband and I rewatched that and I was like, and there's Chris. Yes. <laughs> no, I was watching Breaking Bad and like all of a sudden there's your face. And I'm sitting there with my wife in the other room and all she hears is, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, know like, I know that guy. <laughs> It's like and Breaking Bad's like my favorite show of all time. So you know, that was, my, my that face was has quite had the treat. That same reaction on a lot of people. Do you have that effect on people? <laughs> Just, yeah. Ever since high school. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also the foreman for the Actor Factory, which is where we're sitting right now. This is our first Okie Show Show remote episode yes, ever. Yes, we're comfortably sitting in Studio Two. Welcome Thanks. to the Actor Factory, Norman, Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the factory real quick. Well, let's see. We opened the factory in 2009. Um, I was an acting teacher and casting and all that. And, you know, one thing that happened, you know, Daryl Cox was teaching acting for camera a little bit. We were all kind of teaching, you know, independently. And, and one thing I realized is that Oklahoma really didn't have a studio where multiple people that are skilled in working on camera, uh, you know, can provide a, a learning center. I'm my sentence isn't going uh, the way I was imagining it. <laughs> but Oklahoma didn't have a facility where a number of people can come in and teach, uh, you know, the, the the skills of acting on camera. Uh, you had to enroll in a university to take those kind of classes and stuff. So there wasn't really a place where a layman could go. And um, I kept when films were coming into town, people would ask me, "What are the what's the talent like in Oklahoma? Is it mainly theater actors? What's the deal?" And I said, "No, no, no. You know, what, what's the talent base like?" And we thought, "Well, it's." You know, let's let's try and help the talent base a little bit. So we created a factory in 2009. Daryl teaches here. We've got some other great teachers, Alyssa Mortimer and, um, uh, you know, Rebecca McCauley, mm -hmm. some other people. So we, we teach a lot of different aspects of acting on camera, from improv to voiceover to, um, you know, just acting on camera, auditioning. So Yeah, there's a lot of specific things that you guys touch on that can help, like, you know, maybe I've got the actual audition down, but I need to have photo, you know, like headshots that I, I don't know how to find someone who takes good headshots yeah, and I'm going to Chicago a, yeah. and I don't know what kind of headshots they need in Chicago versus LA versus all that. So you guys kind of cover all those things too. Yeah, we bring in headshot photographers. We bring in guest uh, intensives. We just had the casting director, Marcy Liroff here just a few weeks ago and, you know, she cast, you know, E.T. And uh, oh, man. I know, I mean, she was in the room when Henry Thomas was doing that amazing <laughs> audition. You know, wow. And, and uh -huh. Spielberg said, you got the job. Uh -huh. Have, you Have you seen that YouTube? No, oh, I haven't oh, seen that. Oh, YouTube, Henry Thomas, audition, E.T. 
it's it's oh, fantastic. So it's a great. It, it's on there. It's heartwarming. <laughs> it's just great. This little kid, but she's cast huge stuff. The Breakfast Club, you know, just huge stuff. So it was fun to have her here and, and teach and teach her stuff. So you have quite a few guests come through from Breaking Bad. Yeah, that I, I get mad every single time I can't come down here and hang out with like um um oh shoot now of course I'm blanking well, on we've all had the Charles characters. Baker who played Skinny Pete Skinny yeah. Pete he yep, came yep. in I actually cast him in a film uh, and that's why he came and did that thing he was he was working on a film up in Guthrie uh, you can't win was the name of the film and oh um, yeah. And I've known him for years. I cast him. The One of the first films I worked on was called Splinter. Well, it wasn't one of the first, but it was an early film. It's called Splinter. It's a horror film. Just recently named one of the top 50 horror films of the oh, century cool. or something. Whatever. It was great. Yeah. Uh, but he played the, you know, the guy that gets killed in the beginning kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've had a relationship with him for years. And so uh, when I got... I've cast him in, I don't know, probably five or six films over the years. Terrence Malick's to the wonder he's in. But anyway, when I got cast on Breaking Bad, I texted him and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm on this show. What am, what's, what am I going to expect? Yeah. Yeah. What do I so do? He, he kind of helped me through it. But then I cast him in that film, um, uh, You Can't Win, and he came down and did a thing here. But then Stephen Michael Cazada also that plays uh, Agent Gomez. 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 Yeah, that's right. Gomez. Yeah, yeah, he's come down a couple times and done stuff here at the studio. Yeah. And I've cast him a few times in a couple movies. So. He's a cool, cool guy. He's a cool he's so cat. down to earth. I, I love that guy. And so politically active back home in Albuquerque. Yeah, like yeah, he's on gosh. a school board and stuff like that. He's really good dude. That's awesome. And you've also yeah. had Badger here too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he is... came to do uh, some improv at o- OKC Improv. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I got that's to take right. a class from him. Dude. Uh, mm. I didn't know Badger was here. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, wait, yeah. no, he didn't come to the factory. He came to OKC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. I didn't know. We keep well, having these cool. breaking bad people coming through. I know. <laughs> right in New Mexico. That's why. Right. I'm waiting for, um, you know, Bob Odenkirk to just show, show up. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you going to make a surprise appearance on Better Call Saul sometime? Because, I mean, you know. I don't know. I don't know. It would be cool. I tell you what, I was I was in Bob Odenkirk's presence a couple of times while I was out uh, doing that show, and I was too nervous. I couldn't go talk to him because I've been such yeah. a fan of his for so oh, long. I was completely starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've been in front of a lot of huge people, but I was so starstruck in front of him, I couldn't deal with it. Oh, man. I can't imagine. <laughs> so let's kind of, we're, we're going to be talking specifically about the role of the casting director today. Um, not so much a talent agent. And not so or much manager, a, right? or manager yeah. or anything like that, but the casting director. So first of all, can you describe the responsibilities of a casting director? Well, the, you know, there's a lot of uh, misperceptions or misconceptions about it. Um, people think that we cast the film, we make all the decisions in the you know casting process and all that stuff. And that's not true at all. We direct the casting process. That's what we do. So... Um, you know, the people hire us because they know we know, you know, the actors locally and we can suggest ideas and that kind of thing. And we bring people on tape and, and or bring in people and put them on tape um, based on what they're looking for. But we just kind of oversee the casting process. So when when a script comes to me, um, you know, we break it down. I kind of look at the types of roles and, and we, we write a description of the project and, and all the description of the roles we're looking for. Then we send that out to the talent agents. And I kind of know who locally is going to fit a lot of these things but then yeah. i'm still open to suggestions and so the agents submit their uh, ideas to me and then i go through it look at their headshots and resumes maybe look at their video if they have it you know their demo reels and things uh, and then we just bring them in based on if we think they can you know tackle this role or what they can handle we put them on tape we upload the ones that we think are going to be you know, really good in contention. And then we show those to the director and it's, it's not just two or three, it's several people we show. Yeah. 
And then they, whoever, wherever they are in L.A. or New York or London or wherever, um, they take a look at and they decide who they would like to meet when they get in town. And so we schedule callbacks. And so we bring them in, maybe two or three people for each role, maybe four for each role. And the director meets them and gets a sense of their energy. And then they sometimes they'll turn to us and say, what do you think about this person or who'd you like in this role? But it's usually typically you know, the director gets to decide. And even the director that, you know, they say in the business, it's, it's, uh, it's the golden rule. Whoever has the gold makes the rules. Right. So the, <laughs> director the director still has to turn to the producer and say, is this okay, dad? Can yeah. I cast this person? You know? so, uh, yeah. But, but that's our process. Then we handle the booking and the negotiating and, the, and all that stuff too. Cool. You know, the deals, you know. So for the layman listener, can you describe what's the big difference between a talent agent and a casting director? I feel like those two get mixed up all the time. Well, and, and, and the terminology gets mixed up because people call us casting agents too. And that's not the case. We're not <laughs> casting it because think of it this way. An agent makes a commission, a real estate agent makes commission, a, you know, a, 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 what other kind of agents are there? Um, um, secret ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The secret ones. That, but a real yeah. estate agent makes commissions, a talent agent makes commission. We don't, we don't get paid, you know, a commission on anything. We're paid a day rate or a week rate or whatever to, to do our job. Uh, a talent agent represents actors. And so, so they have a pool of actors that, that they have under contract and uh, various casting directors put out their notices and the agent handles and, and, and works on the behalf of, of their talent pool. So right. they submit actors to the project. Uh, they help schedule the auditions. They negotiate the deals for the actors. So they're trying to make as much money for the actor as possible because they get a commission on it. So the more money the actor makes, the more money they make. Right. Um, and I'm on the other side of that. I'm more on the production side of it. So I'm hired by the producers to kind of be in the middle of that and right. direct that process. So I don't represent anyone at all. People think the Actor Factory is an, a talent agency. We're not. We're an acting <laughs> studio. And my casting office just happens to work out of it during the day. But right. but uh, no, we don't represent anyone here. And you you also open up like, I mean, I'm on your email list, right? Yeah. So, you know, any actor that maybe isn't represented in Oklahoma, if they aren't, they can still access those casting calls that you send out. So they... If they don't have an agent, they're still able to like, hey, can I just audition for this anyway and send their stuff in, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, it depends. We, you know, we do release a lot of casting calls during the week, you know, sometimes more in a week. Sometimes, you know, a week goes by, we don't have any. But, um, yeah, anybody can join the email list and submit their headshots and resumes and that kind of thing, even if you don't have an agent. So, yeah. And do you send out to, like, you do the local agencies in, in Oklahoma, do they reach any, like, Texas, Kansas, any of those places too? Or if you're looking for a bigger pool, maybe? Yeah, all of my breakdowns go to the South Central region. Sometimes we go wider if I'm doing the whole movie. Movie, we'll open it up a little wider to LA and New York and Chicago and things. But uh, all my all my breakdowns go to Oklahoma, Texas, um, I think Kansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, I think. Okay. Uh, but we normally we, we try and pull everyone all the cast from Oklahoma because it's better for the film. It's cheaper. It's you know the rebate and all yeah. that. Uh, but sometimes they'll prefer an actor out of Dallas or something. So, um, but but we try and get as many of Oklahomans in there as yeah. we possibly yeah. can. That's the nice thing about the rebate program is it, it kind of it creates that incentive for all these movies to like keep it local, yeah, like yeah. as much as possible. Obviously, you can't do that a hundred percent of the time, right? But it's nice that we have that incentive. Oh yeah, cool. it brings brings things to Oklahoma, you know, that we might not see otherwise. And and for a while we were fighting working. for it, like the vote to yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So for uh, for the young young actor, what advice would you give to an actor getting ready for an audition with the casting director? Relax, <laughs> relax, man. People come in nervous and all freaking out. 
<laughs> and I, you know, and if you're nervous in the casting room, what are you going to do when there's a set? You know, when there's a crew right. and a, ju- yeah. a huge camera and you sticking the microphone in their face, <laughs> right? You know, what are they going to do? And, and when when they're getting paid to be there, you know yeah. that they, you know, I, 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 you were asking, you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, before we went live, you were talking earlier <laughs> about, you know, anecdotes, and there's an anecdote of of August Osage County, and 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 we we, we got this guy in, and um, he was called back by the director. They only called back two people for this one role and um can i tell this story is it okay? oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah okay because this is one of my favorite stories because it, it it tells it helps actors in so many different ways because the first actor that came in uh was brought in by the director and the first actor comes in and he's done a ton of stuff and he's you know well known locally and he's got a great resume and he does his read and and John Wells, the director, who you know John Wells, one of the creators of The West Wing and right. ER and <laughs> you know Southland and and uh, what's the Bill Macy show on now? Um, Showtime. Um, uh, it's not Fargo, is it? No. Um, well, you know what I'm talking about. Is Bill about. Macy in that? Am I crazy? I, I haven't I, watched no, Fargo. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm out of touch. Oh, I can't think of it. Now that's all I'm going to think of until I get this. Anyway. <laughs> It'll pop uh, in later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drop it in. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so and so John is is directing this this actor, and then the you know actor takes direction, and then the actor leaves, and John says, "Wow, I really like this guy. I would cast him in any of my TV shows. He just seems like one of those guys, but I don't think he's right for this role. So let's bring in the next guy. So, okay, whatever. You can only do what you can do. So we bring the second guy in, and the second guy um, was. You know, he was he was taking the direction really well. He was doing a good job, and and you know, there's this scene where, where Julia Roberts' character is throwing uh, uh, medicine bottles at this character, and so my assistant at the time, Sarah, we had this bag of marshmallows, and so we're throwing this guy, <laughs> and this guy's taking marshmallows in the head and everything, and you know, but he's still staying in character, and he does such a great job, and then he le- and, and then John directed him probably five times through this scene yeah. and then he leaves and John said wow I love that guy I, I, I but I can't use him I, I wish I could use him and I, like I sank because he only called in two people you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and I said oh why can't you use him and he said well did you see how nervous he was mm. he was, he's nervous w- with me and the, you know the two Marshall, of you. marshmallows <laughs> how's it going to be with Julia Roberts yeah that's exactly what he said and he goes and this is the first day of filming and I can't he goes. Yeah. I'm going to be nervous, so I can't. I can't risk this because everybody's in that scene. Julia and Meryl, and you know, everybody right. else is in that. And so my heart sunk. But that taught me a huge lesson. And to the first guy who didn't book it, the director said, "You're. He's a great actor. I'd put him in any of my TV shows. He just wasn't right for this role." But I'm sure. That actor leaves going, what did I do wrong? Of course. Yes. Of yeah. course. You right? never what, know. What can could we, I have done can we better? touch on that just a little bit? Of like, but but get, let me finish, yeah, the, yeah, let yeah, me finish yeah. this point. And then the other guy, we all believed he could do it. The only one that didn't think he could do it was him. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's what nerves are. It's, it's you not convinced that you're good enough for that situation. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. You can't. Yeah. You're not. You're not comfortable. You're not sitting in it just like living, breathing in the moment. It's intensity, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we, we all we all were like, dude, dude, you have this role. You have this role. You can be in this movie. And the only thing that kept him from being in that movie was his confidence. Mm. Right? Yeah. Right? That's, a, okay. that's huge. Yes, that's it's huge. huge. That's why I teach this stuff. Yeah, that's, what I say. that's <laughs> yeah. why you come here and take well, a right. class. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm not trying to sell a class. But, but still, I mean, so much of the audition process is, is what's going on in your head. Mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, it's not about talent or ability. It's all about overcoming that confidence or overcoming that fear and, and, and building your confidence. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay, what were you going to say? You were going to touch um, on that thing. You know, I feel like a lot of actors, whenever they don't win on auditions, they, they get really down on themselves because they're like, oh, it was something I did. Or like, oh, what did I, I did? sucked, yeah. I should have mm-hmm. combed my hair differently or worn a right. different shirt. And like, there are so many factors. Can you talk about some of the, like, thousands of factors that go into casting Oh my God. I mean, it's so, it, it, uh, there's no way. I mean, I'm still an actor. I uh, no, and no, I don't get to audition for things I'm casting. <laughs> I don't get to cast myself in anything. It's against SAG rules. That's why he started this whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm either casting it or I'm, you know, trying to get a role in it. And so, so I, I typically, you know, try and get a role in something outside of Oklahoma because yeah. I, I do get to work on a lot of things that shoot here. Um, but then I just went down a rabbit hole of explanation <laughs> I can't remember what the question was. Well, we were talking about like uh, like all the different things that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, could yeah. not win a role simply because like the director hair was color, tired of it. yeah, oh, I mean, certain, like, yeah. Or you're too tall, or too short, or you're the wrong sex. They decided to go a different way, mm-hmm. or you know we need to get more flavor in it, or we need to get less flavor in it, or you look like the director's ex-wife, or you know, <laughs> whatever it is, or you're taller than the star, and we can't have someone taller than the star. You know, yeah. Stephen Cazada, um, that played Gomez, tells this great story. I love this great story. Here's some Breaking Bad story yes. for you. Yes. 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 He tells this great story when I bring him here um, that when it was down to agent gomez it was down to him and two other guys uh and and oh i can't remember what the deal was but i guess a few episodes in he got a little more confidence and was talking to one of the producers and might have even been vince and said you know what what was it about my audition that got me this role because i just want to know because you know these two other guys there's you know there's three of us left and and the guy says well to be honest you're five nine, <laughs> and the other the other guys were a lot taller, and we can't have, you know, well, Gomez like be taller partner. than than right. Hank. Hank, right. Yeah. right, right. So he goes, he goes, wow. So I got this job because of my height, and the other two guys are going, what did I do wrong? Right. How, how could I have? Well, you should have, you know started smoking when you were younger and stunted your growth or something that that's right. all you can do right taking out those lifts that I wore <laughs> right right it's so funny because like there's just so many trivial you know reasons why you might not get a role it's a terrible business model if you're ever selling that to mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mom I'm going to be an actor mm-hmm. okay <laughs> but uh, I just I feel like people just get so down on themselves and they don't realize it could be anything, dude. It could be anything. And, and that's why I try and teach people. And that's why and sometimes it's, I even have to convince myself of this or remind myself of this is that you don't have to have thick skin. It's not about rejection. When I don't get cast in something, I don't feel like I got rejected. Mm-hmm. But but the world out there and the people that aren't in the industry and, you know, the the, the, the common terms are, well, if you're going to get in acting, you better, you better have thick skin. You better get used to rejection. And I have the thinnest skin. Like, I am <laughs> so sensitive. And, like, yeah. I care everything with me and but but when I don't get a role I don't think about it because there's so much else that goes into right. it they might want someone with a bigger resume or someone thinner or fatter or older or younger or whatever mm-hmm. I as long as I go in there with confidence in my ability and I've prepared my audition and I've you know I know I'm a good actor I know I make good choices in the room so if they don't like me it's not a judgment on me it's right. just you know they, they didn't want me that time okay fine yeah well, and from the perspective of the casting director, like you see tons of people come in. <clears throat> Oftentimes, I'm sure you've seen the same person over and over and over again, and maybe it just hasn't worked out for them on these particular roles. But like, what goes through your mind whenever you see 
an actor that you see is really, really good, but they're just not right for that role. Well, I know that I'm going to bring them in for other things in the future. You know, you keep them in mind. Oh, you know, absolutely. You have a call list in your head of like this person. Gonna I'm going to bring this, this one in, and you know, maybe the director. And, th- and that ha- that happened on um, on Children of the Corn. There was mm-hmm. someone that always comes in and does great auditions, and it just hadn't fit yet. And then she was everybody's top pick, and and they were going to take that role. Uh, they were going to cast that role in Los Angeles, and they decided to cast it locally with uh, Mary Catherine Bryant. Uh, oh, she awesome. just had a, she's really good. Yeah, she just had a great audition, and she just yeah. fit that role. But you know, I, I brought her in for several things before that, and it hadn't quite worked out yet for right. her. And but then other, there's other people that come in all the time, and they nail it, and it just doesn't happen that way. And I just hope they don't get discouraged because it's just it's it's not you know it's it's, it's not an indictment on them in any way right it's nothing personal as long as you keep getting the audition you're doing something right because if you're blowing the audition the casting director isn't going to waste their time anymore Mm -hmm. because we've only got so many audition slots that we can fill in in a day and there's only so many people that can do and there's a lot of people that don't get to come in the room Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so on in like on the positive side of that when you are looking at you know a person who's auditioning there i'm sure there are certain things that they that an actor wants to do right and have confidence in. So I I always hear like the first five seconds you're giving an impression, like the way you walk in a room matters, the way you do this matters. So when, I don't know, talk on that a little bit about like the certain things they can do, even if they might not be right because they're too short, they still are nailing it as far as like being comfortable taking direction, you know, those kind of things. I don't know. Well, you say you say the first five seconds walking into a room, the ones that are walking in like they don't deserve to be there, mm. you just go, okay. They've given up before they even, you know. Yeah, they've talked themselves out of it. When right. when when an actor sees those in the room as the cool kids with the ball and they're trying to get over the fence to play in the yard, mm-hmm. then they, they don't see themselves as an equal yet. And and we're looking, you know, anybody mm-hmm. in a job interview, you're looking for colleagues, you're looking for people that you can trust you know, with this opportunity and you're not going to drop the ball. You're going to, you know, you're not going to slow us down during the day. You're a professional. You do this for a living. Even if you don't, you got to act like you do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Acting. (laughs) It's just, it's just a matter of making us feel comfortable. And when they turn on the charm too much, you know, that's a turn off too. It's like, dude, just relax. It's just, (laughs) we're just looking, just show us what you're going to do. And, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and I tell a lot of people this too, is that, you know, a lot of people come from theater acting or at least have a lot more experience in theater than in film. And and I just tell people, treat the audition as you would the first rehearsal of a play that you already got the role. You don't come in and say, how do you want me to do this? And you're not coming yeah. in all nervous. You're coming in comfortable. Okay, here's the role yeah. I'm going to tackle. Here's some ideas. If you don't like it, change it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm here Let's to take work direction. Let's together rather than let me prove Tell myself. me what, yeah, yeah. Tell me what yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, or give me all of your ideas so I can show you what I can do. No, yeah. dude, we want you to have some ideas too to make our job easier, right? Right, right. right. On that note, can we, <clears throat> um, how do you feel about actors that, what advice would you give to an actor who feels like, um, I'm trying to formulate my question without it sounding bad. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> Uh, like there's some actors who I feel like they like when you see their their um, uh, little postcard, not resume, but like like models normally have like multiple Comp looks card and or stuff. something. Yeah. Like they can they can do drama and they can do comedy. They can do horror. Like yeah, they can yeah, do yeah. so versatile. Which what advice would you give? Is it better to be versatile or is it better to to focus on one? 
road? Look, a lot of people think they can play a lot of different things. And, and the truth is most people can't, you're going to be in your little box. And, and there's this, for some reason, there's this, you know, the fear of being uh, typecast in yeah. a certain thing. And, <laughs> in and Oklahoma. To, yeah. But, but to me, I mean, why are you, the second part of that word is cast. Right. So yeah. get cast. You're Enjoy get your type. Work. If yeah. you look like a biker dude, don't try and come in and be an attorney. Just embrace that biker dude stuff and work as a biker dude right. all the time. Right. That's fine. You know, yeah. just, just, just embrace what you are. Versatility is great. Some people can do a little more than others, but. You know, if you're good at comedy, great. If you're good at drama, great. If you can do it both, great. But don't yeah. don't worry if you're not skilled in one thing. It's totally cool. Yeah. Can, I, can I go back to one thing we were talking about a second ago? Yeah. Uh, about the other thing that can happen in the room. And, and here's another anecdote. And we were doing uh, Rudderless. Uh, William H. Macy's directing. And we're, we cast probably 25 roles or so in that thing. By the way, if you haven't seen Rudderless, see it. Oh, it's so really, good. Really, good. really good. Really good. Really, really good. Uh, really, that's, I, you know, as I told uh, a colleague of mine, you know, it's so rare we, we get to be proud to have our name on something. Oh, I so, know. <laughs> so, so go true. see it. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. No, no, this one's good. I promise. Yeah. Uh, the other one's, the other one's a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, no, rudderless when we're, when we're in the callbacks um, and, and we're, I don't know how many roles we cast, 20 or so, but uh, William H. Macy is sitting at the table after the, after the second day of callbacks and he's got the headshots of all the people he's considering and there's two or three people per role that he's considering and he's just holding them up in his hand going, wow, I don't, I, I wish I was making three movies because mm. I've got three people I can put in every one of these roles. Mm. And it was kind of killing him that he had to make a decision because this person was fantastic, but this person was fantastic in a different way. So what's the chemistry going to be? How are they going to look together? Yeah. Then he goes, you know, on this one role in particular, he goes, well, I uh, I guess her, <laughs> Eeny, meeny, you know, miny, and then, and then there's this girl, you know, that didn't get cast that goes again. What did I do wrong? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You were, yeah. it was just you were kind in of his a, left hand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a toss of the dice. Yeah. And so yeah. how can you feel bad about it? That's not rejection. Right. It's just, right. it didn't, it didn't work out that day. They can only give it to one person, but that doesn't mean everyone else is rejected because they sucked or yeah. did something wrong. Right. You know? And for the actor that maybe hasn't won an audition in quite some time, I mean, like, what 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 would you say to that person who like who keeps end up ending up being the the headshot on the right, <laughs> who yeah, keeps yeah, like yeah. missing it by just that much? Keep at it, man. If you are at that level and you're you know you got William H Macy going, wow, I I did a great. Then something's gonna happen. It's just didn't. It can get you down. Trust me. It can get you mm -hmm. down and you can feel bad about yourself. But if you're getting that, you got to see it as half full. Yeah. Right. Because it's 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 just it's going to happen at some point. I promise. Right. Well, like it did for sorrows. Mary Catherine. Like it did for Mary Catherine. Yeah. When you're drowning yourself <laughs> with that bottle of whiskey. <laughs> yeah. It's half full. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like Mary Catherine in, in, in corn is it, you know, she came close on a lot of things and she hasn't been doing. I mean, yeah, she's whatever. But she she's she's a great actor. But uh you know, she's come, come close on a lot of things that hadn't really gone her way, and then it, it finally did, and it, yeah. and it will. It will. And on Children of the Freaking Corn. Yeah. And she's really good. Watch that movie when it comes out. <laughs> Just saying. Insider advice. Insider. I was there. I saw it. I heard every line. I recorded them, too. Uh, I'm curious. Um, so how important, like, in a situation where you've got two good people, how important is the, like, details, like, 
how their headshot looks or how their resume is laid out. Like, does that ever come into play as a casting director? You look at something and go, well, this one's just a little more professional looking. Or, I mean, I know that it seems trivial, but I just, I'm curious. Well, I'll tell you, the way the resume is laid out is less important now than it used to be because so much is done online. Ah. Uh, so it's all kind of formatted the same way. Now, once they come in the room and hand us the headshot, then we kind of hope it looks like the resumes they're looking at in LA so they don't look like... You Someone know, just like, like do do type oh, it. Oh, this is how they do it in Oklahoma. Take a yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, they're not really professional. Why is it in pink font? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but headshots is a different matter. I mean, because all the headshots are the same. Uh, not, you know what I mean. They're, we're all looking at them, uh, and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize when when it's submitted to us online uh, by the agencies or stuff. It's usually submitted through some kind of service, some casting service that you know they have a profile on that their agent has a profile on or something and so we see the headshots when they're submitted to us and they're like four across and 25 down you know so we get a hundred per page and we go to the next page and go to the next page uh, and so we are scanning headshots like and so you know everybody's a thumbnail and so typically the ones that don't look like they have professional headshots don't if if we don't know them mm-hmm. we don't consider them to be a professional actor mm-hmm. right. right you know we're not even going to bother to click on the resume because it's not like the old days where they would the headshots would come in and we would flip over the the resume, the resume and see on the, the back. back. It's, yeah. yeah. Now we have to click on something, and and if the headshot doesn't entice us to click on it, then right. we're not going to. And honestly, so, if they don't have a professional headshot, how do you know they're going to be professional? Right. You know, I mean, exactly. And then on the set. Exactly. Yeah, but but that. even even it, but but you know some people may not have a professional headshot, but they have a ton of professional work. But we're not going to know that because we won't <laughs> right. click on their resume right. because they don't look professional in their headshot. Right. right. So I always recommend people, you know, get your headshot done by a professional headshot photographer. Not a portrait photographer, not not you know, your, friend your friend who's starting their photography business. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you get what you can afford, but but you know, and so if all you can afford is your friend that bought a camera, that's fine. But just know that you you might be missing out on bigger opportunity because your headshot does not look like what the pros look like. Okay. Right. Hmm. Does that make Tips. sense? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. Cool? Yeah. All right. Good word. Good. Good word. Okay. <laughs> so, final question. Final question. Final it's question. Over? I know it, goes, it goes by so fast. It goes by it's so insane. fast. Wow. What What would you say? Uh, I want to know what not to do. Yes, that's always good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, you said it's a final question, but do we have another hour to talk about this? Because that's, <laughs> as long uh, as, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just do a part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, what not to do. Um, uh, okay, study your lines. Know the material coming in. Have ideas what you're going to do, you know, an approach to the role. And, you know, have ideas for that. Um you know, don't be needy. Don't be beggy. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, you know, just be the kind of person that you would want to come in and apply for a job for you. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a very, very good word. Because an audition is is a job application. Right. I mean, it's a job interview. It's an interview. Yeah, yeah exactly. So be the good party guest, you know, come on time, leave early. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't stay around. Right. You know, and 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 just, you know, present 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 the person that 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 you are when you are attracting friends. Right. And not trying to win a contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cuz that can be off-putting as far as just like that's cocky, very true. Yeah, 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 just that oh, kind of both, attitude. Both sides of the spectrum. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, I'm so great. Just wanted you to know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But being prepared is a big thing cuz you, you'd be surprised how many people are not prepared. 
Right. Like they didn't think to memorize Learn the lines. lines. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like just going to read it yeah. for the first time. Oh, man. Or, and, and that's they, the they worst when you're, when you're shooting Blah. and they don't remember their lines and like the whole like 50 people are staring right at them. Take right. again. Like, oh, God, that's it's not it's just it's not just like a waste of time. It's also just like painful to experience because you're like, there's nothing you could do to save I this know. person. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> your line is <laughs> they like Michael Scott, the situation where they yeah. just kind of <sighs> keep just talking and they don't really know where they're going with it oh, but they right, <laughs> it's right. painful memorizing but, lines but uh, uh, yeah uh, yeah just being a good party guest and and um just being on top of it being being acting acting like a pro act like you do this for a living yeah and then i mean there's so many things what not to do but, but the other <laughs> thing is don't get down on yourself if you don't you know what, what one thing that happens is when people go up on their lines and go up i mean Forgetting them. For, forget right. Them. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Theater time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've worked with Corky. I know all the lingo. <laughs> uh, uh, is, you know, they'll blame their agent. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. You know, my agent, I didn't get this till last night. My agent didn't send it. No, your agent sent it to you two days ago. Yeah. You just didn't bother to, you know, deal with it. And if they did, and if they did. the casting director that, he'd know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you well, did And I'll tell their agent. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and if they did send it to you last night, well, then stay up and memorize it. That's right, like You exactly. wanted a job, right? You don't just like, I'm tired. Eh. Like, yeah. That's true. That's true. And if yeah. you if you know you're going to come in unprepared and going to suck, don't go. Right, right. Don't go because, you know, that's the impression we get of you and we go, well, no, they're yeah. not prepared. So right. let's, we'll not bring them in on the next one. kind of a liar. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, uh, as far as what not to do, like, okay, just curious, dress. Like when people wear certain things, if they're dressing to the character or not, do you prefer one over the other like just professional audition outfit or like should they or should they not like dress for a specific character like you said mentioned like a biker like if you're a biker and you're auditioning for a biker dude kind of want to look like one right yeah if if you've if you look like that, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? um, but is that kind of a specific offshoot? Michael or Sarah in all leather, yeah, like. yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> because holding, holding because a helmet. yeah, I mean because sometimes a, a role can be described a certain way, but you know we'll bring in a different type just to maybe change the director's mind. So. If, if you're a different type than that, don't go out and rent a biker uniform or, you know, go out and put on a fake beard or, you know, yeah. whatever. Get a Harley dollars on this wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Because, to do. because we right. might be changing the type on the idea. So just to, right. and it just reminds me of a, of a time I was auditioning for something myself in, in, in Austin. And, uh, you know, the role was described as this surgeon that's kind of a rock and roll surgeon, you know, and he's, you know, rides a Harley and <laughs> leather jacket. Is this the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors? That's kind <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, wow, that is not me at all. So I just went in wearing a suit like a doctor would wear, you know, or a tie or something where a doctor would wear. And then, I, you know, because that's that's not me. That's right. not my look. And then I, I see this other actor walk in that looked exactly like it was written because he had the long hair. He's tall and good looking, you know, in a T-shirt. Like, OK, OK. I hope he sucks. Because <laughs> Because yeah. that, I that's my tranquilizer guy, because <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. that's what they described, or maybe they want to go the other way, and, right? You know, so yeah, maybe that's me, but uh, but uh, you know, 
to your point, Kelly, is that uh, I would say dress to suggest the role in most cases, you know, um, don't go out and rent a costume. If, if you're actually a police officer, then come in in uniform if you're auditioning for a okay. police officer. But if you're not, don't go get a you know police officer <laughs> right. uniform at the Halloween store. Like, you know, I still think <laughs> <laughs> fake beard is my favorite thing. Like, oh I would gosh. love to just put on a fake beard for some of my auditions just because, like, I what, like who's like, love to see I'm going to fake some facial hair today on my audition. <laughs> Some people, you know, when they're doing a doctor or something, they'll come in with a lab coat and all this stuff. And right. That's almost trying a little too hard. They'll have the stethoscope around there. Uh, props. Yeah. Props know, to the audition. I know. Ooh. Well, oh, okay. Well, that's a different subject. <laughs> well, let, let me finish this real quick and say that uh, you, you want it to look like you care about the audition, but you don't want it to look like it's the only audition you've had the last month. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm desperate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but then, but then the thing about props is that you know there's this hard and fast rule, you know, never bring props to an audition. I a little bit disagree with that. I think props are okay as long as they don't get in the way. As soon right. as it gets in the way of the audition, as soon as it kind of becomes about the prop, then it kind of is a disservice yeah. to you as an actor. But if you know if you use a clipboard, you know, have your script on a clipboard, and you're a nurse checking off a chart, then that's totally fine. Don't right. don't not do it just because they say never take a prop. Right. Totally <laughs> fine, you know? It's kind of a, I feel like it's kind of like it comes down to common sense. Yes. Like, like it goes back to like if you were going to hang out with somebody, who would you want to hang out with? Right. Like weird dude with his prop bag and like <laughs> clown outfit or like just a normal guy. <laughs> who just right. happens to be a rock and roll doctor. Right. The coolest right. doctor of all time. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, we're going to move on to some games, but before we do, The Okie Show Show is brought to you by Kelly's Corner. This is a new segment of The Okie Show Show. Oh, okay. We've never done this before, so Kelly, welcome yeah. us to Kelly's Corner. Uh, welcome to basically a, a little moment of my time where I explain weird things about my life and or kids, um, because I feel like everyone can relate to these on a probably some basic level. Um, this is us reaching out to the female mom yeah. demographic of our listener base. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, mom. And that's <laughs> hey Lainey. <laughs> She's not a mom yet, but not she'll yet. this is this will this will prevent that. No. <laughs> um yeah, so uh Kelly's corner today, I'm gonna talk about um clothing and uh poop. And uh my two favorite subjects. Right. So uh in the baby world there's this really expensive clothing and it's like, okay, this baby is like a foot long, right? And their clothing costs more than my pants or my shirt. And I pay for it because I am ridiculous <laughs> because they look so cute. Um, so there's this brand of clothing that is super classy and uh, you'd basically just put your baby in it and then show your baby off and then you don't want your baby to do anything in it because it would ruin the clothing and it has a really good resale value. So I'm going to try to sell back, duh, <laughs> get some money. So my daughter has this um, really bad habit of pooping... I mean, a lot of babies do this, but pooping up her back. Baby pooping? Yes. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> pooping up her back. So um, oh, up her back. Up her back. Oh, geez. So it shoots, you know, like you think that it <laughs> would come down like gravity. It does not. She's sitting there and I'm like, it'll just go in the diaper. No, it shoots up the back of the diaper, basically doesn't even get in the diaper, and then shoots all over her clothing. Oh, no. So I have become really good at... Um, preemptively stripping my baby naked before she poops. And I can tell, like, okay, she's making that noise. I run over there. Feel rip. the tremors? Yes, I can see, like, that face that kind of, like, squish. Before the volcano squished. erupts? Yes, and I just rip the clothing off of her 
to prevent poop all over these expensive baby clothes because I don't want to have to wash. And then she's this stain. It's going to be embarrassing for her if she ever hears this later on in life. Her poop is it's yellow and stainy. This is your preemptive payback. <laughs> yes. Whenever she's I'm gonna, older. I'm going to make sure that any boyfriends that she ever dates, I'll just share yeah. this with them. Um, <laughs> Join me. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, now I can uh, quickly derobe a baby and then allow her to poop and then put clothes back on because she's still clean. <laughs> and if you get it under 10 seconds, then you, you, you know, win the buckle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone needs that, um, I can help them out and learn how to, like, you know, read their baby's cues, learn how to save, your, save you some time on your laundry bill. <laughs> so, you just time it. Click, ha, ha, time. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's Kelly's Corner. That's that's Kelly's Corner, complete with the theme song, Kelly's Corner, corner where babies do weird stuff, stuff with their poop. Most times. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to work on that theme we'll have to song. work on the Kelly's Corner theme song. Yeah. yeah, this is a work in progress, first time. <laughs> okay, so it's game time. What do we got on the docket? <clears throat> Well, we're going to play uh, a few short form games. I figure the uh, first one, kind of a warm up, we're going to play a game called Because I Said So. Um, and this is also inspired by my children because my <laughs> son plays with me every day. Uh, and I don't like to play, but he makes me. Um, I'm going to basically start by asking a question. And uh, whoever's playing with me is just only going to respond with why. And I have to give an answer. Chris, and they're going to respond with, with why. And until so my I. My lines are why? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. I'll yeah. play this. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and until I am no longer able to answer or justify the question, and I say, because I said so. <laughs> and I'm really good at saying that because I, I like say it, it all the time. Uh, okay, so can we get, I don't know, some sort of like. Sub suggestion for what we're suggestion. going to talk about. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to bring up our clan, our, our fancy improv suggestifier. Here. Yes. While you're doing that, for... I invite listeners to visit theactorfactory.com. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay, so um, let's see here. A container of hummus is your suggestion. Okay. Uh, uh, son, uh, come over here. I'd really like you to try this hummus. Why? Well, it's dinner time, and I know that you're hungry. Why? Well, um, your body has uh, cues at certain times of the day where you need to eat food. Why? So, so you can grow big and strong. Um, you need to be able to eat to grow. Why? Because your body requires nutrients um, where, you know, like there's this whole system that is in our bodies that you have to intake and output to, to, to generate um, muscle strength and to build your bones why <laughs> um because <laughs> um <laughs> because yeah. yeah um well be just eat the food <laughs> because i said so <laughs> all right oh man i can see I, I see the frustration of motherhood already. <laughs> I don't feel like that was acting at all. No, it wasn't. That's a daily thing. Okay, sorry. Next suggestion. Uh, let's see here. Uh, feather duster. Okay. Are you going to take this one? Oh, yes. I'll why you. Uh, could you hand me the feather duster? Why? Because we need to dust up, up there on the blinds. Why? Because it's really dusty and it kind of gets disgusting and eventually we breathe that in why 
because when you leave stuff, the air moves it around the room, hence becoming part of the air, and then we breathe it in. Why? Because when you <laughs> exhale, you tend to inhale so that we can survive. Why? Because God made us that way. <laughs> That's also, that, that counts, isn't it? Because it says so. God, God said so. Child. <laughs> All right, Chris, you want to try to take one of these? Sure. Okay, so your topic is broken laptop. Uh, hey, I need to uh, get my laptop fixed. It's broken. Oh, why? Because I need a laptop to do my work. Why? Because I don't have any other way to do my work other than my laptop. Ooh, why? Because that's the only way I can access the internet and a keyboard that fits my hands and a lot of my documents because my documents I can't access on my phone. Why? Because the phone isn't set up that way. <laughs> Apple doesn't allow us to open a word and manipulate a word document <gasps> on my phone. Why? Because Steve Jobs had something to do with Bill Gates, and I don't understand it, but I just need I I I I just need you to fix my laptop. Oh, why? Because I can't do my work on my, <laughs> on my laptop. Why? Because I have to get my work done. <laughs> because I've got a deadline coming up. Oh, why? Because they for some reason came up with this idea for this job yesterday and they need the decisions by now. And, and I, even though they were planning it a month ago, they just dropped the thing in my lap. Why? Because that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, pull back the veil for what it's like to be a cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And that was an okay show, show premiere yes, of that game. Yes. I like, we'll have to do that more often. So what's uh, we got enough time for about one more game? Okay, uh, why don't we play Post Office? That's so fun. Oh, yes. It's a it's a guessing game. Have we played? We have we played this on? Okay we played show? this once before. Okay, all right, good. So uh, we know what we're doing. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> um, Chris is going to be the Postmaster General, and Brian and I are going to be uh, mailing something, and he does not know what the objects are that we're mailing. Uh, so we're gonna, you know, give him hints and clues. He has to ask him questions about what we're mailing, and uh, yeah, let's get let's get her done. So I'm behind the counter at the post office, you are. and you're presenting me with a package. A package. Yes. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and we're we are doing this in such a and way. For that some normally, reason, I have to know the contents. Like every <laughs> exactly. post office, yes. they have to know that right. what's inside you just the box. Liquid, fragile, perishable. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Right. Okay. Lithium so batteries. Yeah. Normally, if this was going to be a live show, we'd have Chris leave the room, and then we'd ask for suggestions like, "Can I get an object? Can right. I get a person?" So, uh, but we have. We're not going to do that. So you guys are going to be guessing along with Chris as to what Kelly is carrying and what or who or whatever I'm carrying. Yes. Okay. All right. So here we go. This is post office in three, two, one. Um, excuse me, uh, sir. I, I need to mail this. Uh, hold on. It's, I'm sorry. Do you have a larger door? It's, it's, I know it's large. Why would you need a larger door? It's not going to fit in the regular door. I'm sorry. It just, you know, I, I need a lot of space. I know I can still mail it though. Uh, so can it, do you have a back door? I can just bring this around. Also, Potentially, I don't really. It's it's on a Is lift. Is it going to fit in the slot? It has to. You fit have in a the large slot. slot? I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming on to you. I'm so sorry. It's just a question I have to ask. If I mean, if if there's a slot that Is it needs perishable? to go in, it is not perishable. No, um, it's 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 made out of metal. It's pretty strong. It's not flammable. No, no. Well, internally, um, there are things inside of it that might. 
perchance catch on fire, but it's pretty unlikely. Um, you know, there's a lot of water, so I feel like in general, it, they don't burn. And what what shape is the box that you need to bring it in? Well, I put it in a, in a square box, but I thought about wrapping it. But that's like it's very you know oblong, round, and it just I feel like there's a lot of like you know oh just different spouts that I have to wrap all of it. So I just put it in a large large box. It's on a lift. I would have floated it in here, but um, you don't really you're not really surrounded by a body of water. So I just lifted it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to mail a urinal, ma'am? Oh, Is this, no, uh, no, no. It's much, much bigger than that. There are uh, urinals on it. Um, two, in fact. Just two urinals. Um, and, it, you know, if we're talking size, it can fit probably crew of 15. Um, this is a boat of some kind, ma'am. You're trying technically. To... It's it's not really a boat. It's it's more of the underwater type of kind of boat. Who's receiving this package, ma'am? Oh, um, I can't. China. Is uh, this a submarine? It... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Um, there's two urinals on a submarine. <laughs> two urinals on a submarine. Been on a submarine. <laughs> Only two. They have to ration. They got the a toilet. pee somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. Um. Uh, do you have a, a king's discount? Uh, as for royalty? Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, if we're talking about, um, anyway. oh, nice music that you're playing. Hey, um, okay, so I've got this crate here that we need to mail off. I know it's kind of big, but um, do you have like, like trucks with freezers inside so we can keep this on ice? We do have trucks with freezers. Is this a perishable item? I mean, if it thaws out, possibly. <laughs> or as he would say, uh-huh. You have dead Elvis on here? Oh. <laughs> dead Elvis. That was a pretty good clue. Uh, oh. I gave it away too fast. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Chris, so much for coming on the show. This has been a real blast. Good. It's to been come a, out to thanks. the and everything. So much fun. I'm so honored you guys asked me to be a part of it. Well, before we let you go, can you plug The Actor Factory? Where can we find you on social media? Where can people find the auditions and all that? Oh, yeah, theactorfactory.com. If you, hey, and like Kelly was saying earlier, if you want to get on our email list and start receiving our casting calls and stuff like that, it's free, it doesn't cost anything, go to theactorfactory.com. A little thing will pop up. Just put your email address in and you'll be on it. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Actor Factory, Instagram, The Actor Factory, Facebook, The Actor Factory. It's hard not to find us. <laughs> You're all over the place. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, guys. And you can, of course, follow The Okie Show Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you like behind-the-scenes photos of all all the crazy stuff that's going on around here. And Kelly, where can we find you online? Um, uh, on my personal Facebook page, Kelly Lawson. You can see pictures of my babies. Yours. <laughs> my Instagram is private. It's just for my family. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> but uh, we will see you guys in the next two weeks. Thank you, Chris, so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank, thank you. you. It's been a real blast. Okay, bye. Bye.